again, I'm Anna, bringing you this episode of the Talks at Google podcast. Talks at Google brings the world's most influential thinkers, creators, makers, and doers all to one place. Every episode of this podcast is taken from a video that can be seen at youtube.com slash talks at Google. Dr. Junella Chin and Wendy Nguyen provide medical and consumer perspectives about CBD applications in modern medicine and culture. Wendy Nguyen is a former banker who quit to start her successful fashion blog and YouTube channel, Wendy's Lookbook. She opened Artemis, the only minority woman-owned CBD shop in New York. Her local shop in the West Village curates 25 high-quality CBD brands. Wynn became an entrepreneur in the CBD industry after she began using CBD to manage her chronic pain as a sexual abuse survivor. Dr. Junella Chin runs an integrative osteopathic clinic focused on children with intractable epilepsy, cancer, and autism. She has been an advocate for better understanding of the science and medicine of cannabis and has been profiled for her work in St. Jude's Medical, HuffPost, Cornell Tech, Good Housekeeping, USA Today, and NBC Today. In conversation with Googler Michelle Pham, here is Dr. Jun Chin and Wendy Nguyen. What can CBD do for you? Hi, Wendy and Dr. June. Uh-huh. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and your work. Yeah. Shall I start? Yes, please. Sure. So um, my name is Dr. June Chin, and um, my story is I was actually a patient, a cannabis patient, before I even became a physician. Um, when I was a teenager, I was diagnosed with a crippling arthritic disease of the spine um, called ankylosing spondylitis, or AS for short. And what ends up happening is your spine literally fuses together. Um, it's almost like crazy glue. You lose the ability to flex, to extend, to rotate, to turn your head. And I went through conventional treatment, of course, as a teenager. Um, I did NSAIDs, you know, non-steroidal uh, anti-inflammatory medications. I did muscle relaxants. I did over-the-counter acupuncture. I even did epidurals. And I'd wear this back brace all the time to give myself stability. And by the time I got to medical school, I was having such a hard time standing. And I was so disheartened because I was surrounded by wonderful physicians, great medical minds, but no one could really help me. And one of my attendings, one of my mentors, Dr. Levine, pulled me aside one day. um, And he was a specialist in HIV and AIDS. And he said, what's going on? You're always wearing this back brace. You're having a hard time standing in the OR or helping deliver babies. Um, You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it through med school like this. I explained that I had AS. I explained that... I was in excruciating pain all the time, but I really couldn't take any medication, especially while working in the hospital or while studying. It was so sedating, um, and it got in in the way of my academics. So he handed me this tincture bottle. Uh, It was marijuana, and he, I remember he had said, don't freak out, I'm gonna give you something that's out of the box. And he handed me this tincture, and he said, my HIV and AIDS patients use it And it really, really helps them with the pain and discomfort. And I knew I I had reached this fork in the road. And I knew if I didn't try something, that I was going to have to drop out of medical school. And to my surprise, when I took it, it worked. I took it over a weekend when I wasn't working. And by Monday morning, I knew it was working. So from then on, I decided to dedicate my career in learning about this plant medicine. Um, And here I am uh, decades later. Uh, I integrate medical cannabis 
in my patient care. I help patients um, work with other physicians, work with their specialists, and integrate cannabis safely. Um, I'm also a chronic pain survivor. Um, uh, my story is, is just a, a little different, but um, when I was uh, five and 12 and 14, I was actually sexually abused. And from the abuse, it led to uh, a severe trauma to my pelvic floor. Um, so I've had pelvic uh, muscle spasm for the last 20 years. Because of the abuse too, I was actually placed in a group home and also a foster home um, at the age of 15. Um, so I was diagnosed with PTSD and um, depression at 15 and a half and was medicated at 20. And um, I've tried, you know, everything. Um, I've, Dr. June, I've talked to Dr. June a lot about this too as well. Um, and I'm, I was put on a lot of pain meds and put on a lot of antibiotics and that made me really, really nauseous and sick most of the time. Um, so for me, my journey to CBD it's quite uh, natural in a sense where I'm just like, you know, our clients that walk into Artemis. Um, I've tried everything and nothing's really worked for me and this is my last stop. Um, but I am very realistic also about CBD and I know that's not necessarily a cure-all. Some, some, for some people it is. But for me, um, it was a gradual journey um, and it's really carefully monitoring everything. I have a sheet at home to make sure that my dosing works with my um, chronic pain issues and everything. Um, but I think that's how I fell in love with CBD because it really increased my quality of life. And that's how I love Artemis because um, everyone who walks in, whether they're a pain survivor, PTSD survivor, um, I just have this incredible connection with them. So that's how Artemis was born. We have a shop uh, in the West Village. It's a curated CBD-only shop. And we've been open for about uh, two and a half months now. It's only a 10-minute walk from here, right? Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing such personal stories about how you came to be in the work that you are today. Um, I know it can't be easy to share with a, a big crowd of strangers you don't know. So in health and wellness, I think 2019 has been a very big year for CBD as a buzzword. Um, you see skincare retailers like Kiehl's um, marketing CBD products. I know that Barney's recently opened um, the high-end, a luxury um, CBD business out in Beverly Hills. So I'm really curious to know, like, what is actually the science behind CBD and what does it do for you? Sure, sure, I can address that. So... Um, the cannabis plant is a very, very complex plant. It's plant medicine with over 500 unique compounds. And THC and CBD are the most researched and the main players of the cannabis plant. Now CBD, what's wonderful about CBD is it doesn't make you high. It's a wonderful pain reliever, um, anti-muscle anti relaxant. It's a muscle relaxant, anti-pain, anti-inflammatory, really potent anti-inflammatory. It helps with seizures. It has anti-tumor properties. Uh, it also uh, helps decrease anxiety um, and uplift your mood. So it's a really safe um, part of the cannabis plant without um, altering your, your mind or making you feel sedated or euphoric. Amazing. Um, so I'm kind of curious, Wendy, I went to visit you at Artemis after seeing that you stocked Potley. Um, two of my girlfriends started a honey and a CBD product out in California, which you stock. Um, candidly, I had no idea about the science behind CBD. I've never really used it as a product uh, formally before joining you at your store. Um, what are important questions to ask yeah. 
when you are shopping for CBD? What, what should our audience be asking? And just to kind of uh, mention earlier when you talked about Kiehl's, uh, Kiehl's did launch a uh, facial oil and actually has, um, oh my gosh, that's just an example of what it would look like if you shot through the window. <laughs> that, that, that's not, and I'm wearing the exact same thing too, so that was not, that was just a coincidence, I'm so sorry. Um, no, the, re the, re the reason we did that was that we, when we, oh, we'll go back to your question too as well. Um, when we built the space, we knew, I, I'm actually from the social world. Um, I was basically, uh, my career started on YouTube and on blogging. I've been a blogger and YouTuber for about um, 10 years now. And I was actually one of the first uh, fashion-dedicated uh, YouTuber. And we grew audience uh, to over 90 million views and also about 5 million um, supporters in general. And I was able to uh, also find another passion and leverage those online you know, websites to the CBD world. But the reason why we had, going back to the, that photo, is that the reason why we had the window the way it did was that we knew that bloggers and social people might be interested in coming in. So we built the window to be very photogenic. That was the only reason. So a lot of people come in requesting for that shot. So we would literally move the books around to make sure that they'll get the shot through the window. So that's just a sample <laughs> shot that we do for, you know, influencers or bloggers who, who visit our store. Um, but the store itself, um, we actually uh, curated the store so then it's very easy. Um, I remember when I first got into CBD, um, we happened, Colin and I happened to be in Amsterdam. And um, when I went through, I just didn't understand what I was looking at and I was really confused most of the time. So from that, when we came back, I went to every store in New York, San Francisco and LA and I still had the same confusion. So when we built Artemis, we wanted to be a very curated shop that was really made for our clients, for really for you. So we have a discovery wall, which what you see here, and that's curated by ailments. And we actually work with um, incredible people like Dr. June to help us curate this as well. Um, so it was very uh, more of an easy process as you walk through the wall. Um, after the discovery wall, um, we have basically a education board um, that we co-wrote with Dr. June, and the education board would mirror the categories on the second wall that we have, mainly because we wanted this to be a very easy experience for anyone who walks in and not have the confusion that I had when I first started. Um, the questions that you should ask when you go into any shop or anything like that at all is that, I mean, it's, it's honestly, I think it's very intuitive more than anything else. What's in the bottle? I think that's really, really important. What exactly is in the bottle? What is the profile that's in the bottle? Um, I think the common misperception is that all CD, CBD tinctures and oils are created the same, and it's not. Um, it depends on the cannabinoid profile, the terpene profiles, and everything around it. The compound itself, um, you know, as, as they say that, you know, CBD is CBD is CBD, the compound is the same. But what surrounds the compound makes it very different. Are there other cannabinoids in the formulation? Are there other um, uh, terpenes in the formulation? What's a carrier oil? All those questions are very natural that I think everyone that works in the CBD shop can answer for you. So I think that's very important. Um, another thing is that, you know, what we do is that we do recommend serving size and also dosing side, and they should be able to help you with that calculation because sometimes it gets a little kind of, you know, fuzzy and weird. Um, so they can walk you through all that and then also ask them, what is the best delivery method for you? Inhalation affects you very differently from a tincture that's taking sublingually, <clears throat> that's very different from a patch that's transdermal. So it just really depends on what is it that you're looking for and how the person at the shop can curate the relief for you. Yeah, exactly. And CBD doesn't work for everyone. So when um, patients come to see me and they're asking, how do I incorporate CBD into my health and wellness? I really look at it in the context of a full holistic medical practice. So you have to look at 
the medications that you're taking because CBD can interact with the medications that you're taking. Mm -hmm. CBD can also elevate your liver enzymes. So you want to make sure that um, your physician, your healthcare provider looks at your blood work, looks at the list of medications, um, looks at contraindications, things that might get in the way of CBD. Um, CBD can cause a little bit of nausea sometimes, a little bit of uh, loose stools. So these are things that we talk about um, when patients want to come in and integrate CBD with their health and lifestyle. So I have a quick question to kind of follow up on your patient history and experiences. Can you maybe walk me through a case um, where you've seen positive effects on a patient, like the before and the after? Um, I know you do a lot of research with children for epilepsy um, and also autism. So I'm really curious to hear more about that. Sure, sure. So um, one, one case that I can think of is a 15-year-old uh, boy came into our clinic with his parents. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, ulcerative colitis, and he would make about 20 bathroom trips daily. I mean, everything revolved around him going to the bathroom. He didn't want to go out and socialize. There are certain restaurants that he would only go to where he knew where the bathroom was, and, and he couldn't figure out what the trigger was. He cut out gluten and dairy and, and coffee, and um, I mean, he was practically uh, not eating, and he had lost so much weight. And his parents brought him in because one day he told his parents that he got some cannabis from a friend. And he started using the cannabis and remarkably, he stopped running to the bathroom. He was able to sleep through the night. Originally, he, could, he easily got up four or five times a night running to the bathroom. He didn't get a full night's rest. So when he started cannabis, um, he started sleeping through the night. His stomach didn't upset him as much as it used to. And he felt like he was getting a life back. And his parents knew if with or without their consent, he was gonna continue using cannabis. So he brought, so they brought him in so that he can, number one, be legal, get a legal medical card, uh, and number two, get some guidance. Because um, when you're getting it from the unregulated market, cannabis or CBD, you just don't know what's in it. Um, like Wendy had mentioned, you have to know what the ingredients are. Um, I mean, stuff on the street could be laced with something. The synthetic uh, stuff, there could be fentanyl, I mean, God knows, any micro you know, organisms could be in their mold. Um, so coming to a designated shop, coming to a healthcare provider is the safest way to begin your CBD and cannabis journey. And that's what we did. We helped him get a card. Um, he's able to take it at school. Um, and if he's drug tested in any way, and it comes out positive when he starts employment, at least he has a chart, a medical chart and a physician by his side to support him. And so thanks for the responses. I'm kind of curious too, um, and maybe for those in the audience who are newer to CBD, um, you know, what is the legal limit in New York, right? Because you sell these products in your stores, but not all products are accessible on the shelf. So I'd be curious to hear your perspectives about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Farm Bill passed uh, in December of last year. So the legal limits um, is actually 0.3% derived from the hemp plant. Um, so cannabis sativa is, is the um, parent plant, and you get the hemp plant and you get the cannabis and marijuana plant. So for the hemp plant side, uh, you get rich in CBD and just very, very little THC, under 0.3%. So it won't get you, you high in any way. Um, but if you're very THC sensitive, then you can actually move to a formulation that there's no THC at all, and there's just pure CBD. Yeah. And you can travel with it too, it's travel safe as well. Mm -hmm. So you can travel around. 
all the states with this with dosage. CBD, yeah, with okay. under 0.3%. Got it. Um, so I want to move to the next slide. Um, <laughs> so I am really curious as well to understand, I've noticed that CBD has really been marketed towards women mm -hmm. in particular, um, as well as in like popular mainstream culture. Um, it's, you know, Bebo over there. I think that's a product that heavily has a female demo. I'm curious to understand what, what you think, um, what your opinions are about that and whether you see the industry moving that way. You go first. No. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um, women are, in general, I would say women are overprescribed and overmedicated. Um, one in four women are given an antidepressant. And this could be uh, females complaining of insomnia, chronic pain. Uh, they end up with an antidepressant or some anti-anxiety medication. Um, and I think women as a whole, we take care of our spouses, our partners, we take care of our children, and then we have to take care of ourselves. So we tend to think outside of the box and be more resourceful and looking for alternative methods, for more natural methods. And I think that's why a lot of female, a lot of my patients are female, gravitate towards plant-based medicine. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually very, very true. A lot of my girlfriends have actually been calling me about CBD because they'll go to the doctor and they'll say like, I haven't slept right, you know, correctly. Or I haven't mm -hmm. had that much good sleep. Um, and for a few of my friends, they're actually new moms. So naturally, they're not going to get that much good sleep. Or they're just anxious because they're worrying about so many things. And immediately, it's actually an antidepressant that they're pres being prescribed. So they'll call and be like, can I look to something else? You know, and then we go through, are you breastfeeding? Because you're not. Then, you know, then we kind of look at the helicopter view of everything. But for us in the store, because, you know, I'm there all the time and I love being a woman and we have a little category for um, your PMS relief too as well, which is not very common in kind of the CBD shop side. Um, but we created this because we thought, honestly, it was just fun. Like when I'm bored, I wanted to do something really like fun for our women. Um, so this is the most interesting women in the world kit mirroring the most interesting man in the world. You know, was it a beer advertisement or a commercial <laughs> or whatever it is? So the story is that we actually have a story with this. And when people are interested, we actually tell the whole story. But um, she, she must be very busy, this woman, right? So she probably is just a little anxious at times. And so there's a tincture to go with that. That's just a daily supplement that she can take um, for acute anxiety or, or maybe just an acute moment of panic attack. Inhalation is one of the fastest ways for us to actually relieve that. So there's a pen, which is Bebo. Um, Bebo is also um, the Hermes of cannabis. Um, Laura Jones is there too as a gummy. And most people like to use that after their work hours to help them sleep. So that's why it's there. She travels a lot. Therefore, there's a little bit of a honey stick there for her to put it with her tea or coffee. She probably wears heels a lot. So there's actually a balm to help her with any foot ache or back ache or, you know, any aches or injuries that she has. Of course, and there's a little lip product there for her too. So anyways, so <laughs> you get the full story when you're there and Colin tells it very well. <laughs> I tell it okay, but he's like really into it. <laughs> and it's well, Colin. Let, let's hear about Colin. He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Colin is the co-founder of Artemis. Uh, so we started together. Um, he has incredible experience in the culinary world. He's been in culinary for about uh, eight years now, working at top Michelin star restaurants. So for him, um, and his passion is farming, growing, harvesting. So he's really just very invested in just the hemp plant in general. But for him too, when he reads the labels and all of our ingredients, he actually understands exactly what it does for our bodies because of his uh, culinary background. 
Perfect. Um, so, Wendy, you are the owner of the first, um, you know, woman-owned, uh, minority-owned CBD shop here in New York. Um, historically, in America, um, you know, cannabis cannibal, um, criminalization has led to incarceration for many Americans. Um, mainstream sentiment has really started to embrace um, marijuana, in particular CBD, into everyday lifestyle products. Uh, what are common misconceptions people have about CBD? And how do you think we can combat these misconceptions moving forward? I think I just have a quick uh, touch on the decriminalization part. Um, I think that's a great start, but I honestly think that's just not enough. Um, studies have shown that, you know, white Americans take in and enjoy cannabis as much as people of color, but the incarceration numbers, the, um, you know, the possibility to lose your employment housing, um, that does not add up to those numbers. So I think decrim is great and it's, it's a really good start, but I think we just need to do more, whether that's just to imply more entrepreneurship opportunities for those who have been impacted, um, whether that's just to create funds for communities that have been impacted or for dispensaries and companies to actually implement um, just more employment for those who've been impacted in that sense, you know, but I think that's just the best that we can do for social equity is to actually move more than just the, the decrim side. Um, but for when it comes to misconception, I think the biggest one is that what we mentioned earlier is that not all CBD is created equal. And uh, we have plenty of customers who come to shop and they'll say, oh, I've been taking it for a year and it's done nothing for me, mm. which I love that question because the the best thing I can respond is, can you please bring in anything and everything that you're taking for me to look at? And most of the time when we read the bottle, it's literally hemp seed oil. And there's no CBD in hemp seed oil, which is, you can purchase that on Amazon and basically in, in bodegas everywhere. So for us, it's just an investigative process to actually figure out like what is it that's not doing well for them. And then we can actually curate right products for them in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. The, the biggest misconception that that um, I come across is because CBD um, is derived from the marijuana plant, the cannabis plant, and also hemp. Patients always ask me is, can I get addicted to CBD? You know, is there a dependence? And because CBD does not make you high, CBD is not addicting. In fact, the World Health Organization um, recently concluded that CBD is non-addictive no withdrawal symptoms, and it has a great safety profile. So they actually went further and recommended that CBD be removed from international drug control because it's so safe. So that's a really big delineation when you're using CBD versus THC. A lot of patients can use CBD during the day. It can function. I use CBD during the day for my, um, for my muscle aches and pains, and you don't have to worry about the sedating effects. Now, THC does have therapeutic value. I don't want to dismiss THC, but I'm, we're, since we're focusing on CBD, CBD does have a wonderful safety profile. So how can you tell whether the CBD product you're buying is actually what's advertised and what regulation, if any, exists? Yeah, good question. That's a question that we get a lot at the shop. Um, so for us at Artemis, we actually request uh, lab tests and COAs from every brand that we onboard. And for us too, the curation is very tight. So if we onboard a new tincture, we usually drop a tincture to so then we don't basically create consumer paralysis when you're actually in the shop. Um, but we also look at profiles are very different from every tincture. So every bottle has a different story and a different 
lab tests and different profiles than another bottle is. Um, but most brands are actually triple tested. They're tested at the um, at the farm level. They're tested at the extraction facility, and they're tested when they get bottled. And we request for all of that lab test once it enters into our store. So um, that for us has been honestly, the best way to approach this industry is just to be as transparent as possible. And we share this information to our customers and our clients when they walk in the door. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, know, I, I agree 100%. And what about the regulation piece? Um, is there anything that would prevent someone from doing, let's say, like false advertising? Because you have a curated set of products in your store, but maybe not all stores adhere to that, right? So... How can you really tell or is there a resource that people can look into to determine for themselves, you know, for their consumer safety? Um, do you know of any? It is, it is hard to tell. I mean, I was at the pizza shop the other day with my kids mm -hmm. and, and I saw a, 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 like at the cashier, there was a CBD shot for energy. And I was just looking at it. I said, I can't believe this. You know, I'm at the pizza shop and I look at the back and it's it says cannabis sativa seed oil. So there was no CBD in it. Um, and you go to your smoke shops and you can see CBD and it's everywhere. Amazon has CBD tinctures um, that may or may not have CBD in them. So because we're in this legal gray area right now, it is very hard to, to figure out what's what, what it, what's exactly in it. So you really have to be a smart consumer. Look at the back of the label. Go to the original um, website for these products. Make sure they're third-party tested. A lot of the reputable brands are very transparent. Yeah. So they will show you seed to sale what exactly the process is, the three levels of testing. Um, so, I mean, when you go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's, you're looking at the back of the, their, your food label, right? You're making sure there's no high fructose corn syrup and non-GMO, things like that. So you're going to do the same thing with CBD products. Yeah. And I think actually the CBD industry and the CBD um, market is very consumer friendly in that sense. I take probiotics and it says it's for gut health. I haven't taken it long enough to know yet, but... I, but I can't contact my probiotic brand and be like, can I see your COAs? Like, that's not right. going to happen, you know? Um, Sephora sells a lot of supplements. And I'll say, great for hair growth or nail growth. CBD, usually packaging, wouldn't necessarily say that. There's usually the milligram measures on there, the ingredient list, um, the serving size suggestion. But they usually don't make those type of claims that traditionally supplement industries would. But again, going to Sephora and buying those things, um, you know, moon juice or whatever it is, I think if I ever request for any of the COAs, they'll just ignore me, you know. But for for hemp-based <clears throat> CBD brands, most I mean, most likely it's already on the website. And secondarily, if you need it, they will email it to you. Can you clarify uh, for the audience who may not know what's a COA? Oh yeah, it's just basically lab lab results. It's just certificate of authenticity. So in there, they'll show you the um, amount of cannabinoids that's in there. Um, most likely, there's terpenes in there too. So they'll show you that how much of it that's in there. Um, any toxins, um, any um, contamination, any all met heavy metals, it, it will show all on there too. It's actually not too hard to read in that sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to close everything off, I'm kind of curious, what's the biggest question or the most common question that you tend to get asked um, in your daily work related to CBD or cannabis and health? Yeah. So I think for me at the shop, it's usually... Um, would this get me high? Which is usually, <laughs> it's a no. <laughs> um, another question, you know, I think because everyone's so curious, the waves of questions are very, very different. Um, I end up 
honestly repeating a lot of the answers. Um, and I don't mind doing that at all. Um, when I was eight years old, I had like a pet rock and I like talked to that all the time. So now talking and repeating the same thing <laughs> to human beings, it's actually very pleasurable for me. So um, I just try to say it in different ways every time. Um, but so in general, it's usually getting, do I get high? Um, how much should I take? So we always recommend microdosing just to start slow and um, steady. And then we built and we titrate up. Um, and then honestly, for us, we're extremely, extremely lucky because um, our one of our ethos at the store is that just to do no harm. So if we can't find you a product, we're not going to recommend anything for you. Um, if your pain level is like a, a, a 10 out of 5, you know, you might need something just a little bit stronger than what we can offer. So we're very, very lucky to have partners like Dr. June that we can actually refer them to, to at least getting them to the right direction in that sense. So for, for me, CBD has been really touted as this magical miracle elixir, right? So last year, the FDA approved um, a plant-based CBD extract to treat children with epilepsy. But then you look at Budweiser and, and they are investing in a cannabis beer. Um, if you go to your neighborhood cafe, you can get a CBD shot with your latte. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sephora has this great CBD mascara that's supposed to thicken and elongate your lashes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you, so you're looking at this, this uh, you know, CBD cures anything that moves. So it's really not the case. Um, CBD is a great, great anti-inflammatory. It can uh, treat a lot of things because inflammation is the root cause of many of our diseases and symptoms, you know, from migraines to PMS. Um, to uh, to arthritis, right? So the most important thing is when you are going to use CBD is to really talk to your healthcare provider, look at the ingredients. It's really nice to have a place like Artemis, like a brick and mortar store where you can go and talk to someone and really become educated. There's a lot of misinformation out there, miseducation. Um, so I think that's really the biggest thing. I actually want to follow up on something that you mentioned, Wendy. What is microdosing? That's very, yeah. Um, so from all of the research that we've done, I think Dr. Yung can talk more about this too. There's usually three levels of dosing, microdosing, standard dosing, and therapeutic dosing. So microdosing is just starting very slow and small. You're talking about five milligrams to about 20 milligrams and building up. Um, standard dosing is usually a little bit, when you know you're dosing already, then you can actually adjust to, to your body and how you metabolize. And then therapeutic dosing is, is for patients um, which are a much higher dosing. Um, so for me, ex for example, um, on a normal day, I usually take about 15 milligrams like during the day and I feel great, alert, very, my heart rate doesn't come out of my chest. Like I took some before I sat here and <laughs> like my heart rate's great. Um, and on days when I have my pelvic spasm, I take up to 61 milligrams. So I, I, because I document everything, I know what my dosing is. So then I can actually adjust um, as I go along. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Michelle. So everyone has a di different optimal therapeutic dose. You know, it's plant-based medicine. So there's a broader therapeutic window than let's say prescription medications. If you're on Xanax one milligram, you know it's going to give you this certain um, outcome. If you're on high blood pressure medications, it's going to give you this certain outcome with a 10 milligram pill. But when you're looking at plant-based medicine, everyone's different. Everyone's liver enzymes are different. Everyone's metabolism is different. So you really have to take control of your own health. You really have to journal how much you're taking and how it's affecting your symptoms. Um, so less is more. 
Um, if you take too much of a good thing, um, then you will get toxic. Same thing with vitamin A or vitamin B or iron. If you take too much, it can lead to nerve damage, coma, and death. Well, the same thing with CBD. If you take too much, you'll get nauseous. If you take too much, you can get anxious. If you take too much, you can get the runs. So little... <laughs> A little goes a long way, and that's where microdosing comes from. You want to take the optimal therapeutic dosing by taking little bit increments, almost to where you can't feel it, um, and then um, and then journal your your progress. Dr. Chin, that reminds me, um, you have a book mm-hmm. that recently Ooh, came out. Yep. So tell us more about it. Sure. So um, so this book came out in June, um, and it's a really comprehensive guide that talks about cannabis and CBD, why it works, and, um, and most importantly, how to use it. So I think it's really great. If Even if you're not interested in using cannabis and CBD for your health, it, it, tells, it talks about plant-based medicine and how this been, can become an integrative part of your health and wellness. Yeah. One thing I really love about Dr. June's book is that she actually gives you case studies and she'll give you um, uh, a description of what the dosing looks like, the dosing, but the, yeah, the dosing, I guess, and the cannabinoid profiles or the terpene profile for those particular case studies. Um, I've read um, a lot of books by now about CBD, and this is actually one of the few that actually gives you real case studies of what she's doing. So I think that's incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. So at this point, we're going to open up to questions on the floor. So... Anybody who'd like to ask a question, there's a mic on the side. So thank you. I um, I wanted to ask you to if you can provide some more accurate information about what conditions has CBD been studied to actually cure or alleviate. Um, I know that you know generally national level research into cannabis. You know, was not you know was not very prevalent because of the illegality of it. But uh, but what has been actually researched uh, in, in in terms that we could compare to conventional medicine? I get asked that all the time, especially by my colleagues, my fellow MDs. Um, if you look at PubMed, um, if you look at uh, journal articles, there's over twenty thousand journal articles that reference cannabis, cannabis receptors, the pharmacokinetics behind it. There's over 150 peer-reviewed studies. So a lot of these studies have been outside of the U.S., um, unfortunately, but there are a lot of studies out there. Could I, just to follow up, so so when we look, you know, I'm trying to compare, you know, for someone that, you know, suffering from some chronic condition and they're looking for some remedy, you know, if they go to a conventional doctor, doctor can say, you know, conventional medicine, with all its uh, uh, deficiencies notwithstanding. Um, the doctor can say, you know, the latest research that we have shows that this helps this percentage of, t- of people. These are the known side effects. They appear in this percentage of people. Um, can, you know, are you able to, to make these claims and statements about any of the products that you've discussed? The biggest hurdle that we have is it's still federally illegal for, for cannabis, THC, CBD. Um, you know, CBD just got through the, through the hemp plant um, we can use as a nutraceutical, as an over-the-counter. Um, we know it has very ther- a lot of therapeutic properties, but that is our biggest hurdle for our clinical trials. Um, if you want to go to my website, my website has um, a research section, and I have every ailment and all of the research articles pertaining to um, cannabinoids and why it might work uh, on on a pharmacokinetic level. So I always have, um, if, you, you know, if you're talking to your physician, you can always point them to, to that direction. Okay, thank you. 
can you speak to the um, interactions between SSRIs and THC, also SSRIs and CBD? Sure. Um, so a lot of my patients are on antidepressants or on SSRIs. Um, cannabinoids uh, will affect the serotonin receptors. Mm -hmm. So you, it's, it's very smart to talk to your physician um, about integrating it safely. Sometimes my patients, especially female patients, um, because of our estrogen levels, we're very sensitive to both THC um, and if we're on an SSRI, it just makes it that much more um, delicate. That's why compared to our male counterparts, you might um, find that you reach um, euphoria or you're very, very sensitive to cannabis in general. It's because of our estrogen levels. Um, and if you're taking an SSRI, um, if you've taken it for a long time, your brain chemistry has changed. Your brain chemistry has adapted to the SSRI. Um, or if you're taking an anti-anxiolytic, same thing applies. So you want to be very careful when you're integrating CBD and THC. If you take too much, it can lead to a, a, a actually a very depressive state um, or sedating state. You want to take, again, microdosing with optimal therapeutic dosing. Um, what's known about the effects, both positive and negative, on sleep? Sleep, insomnia, mm -hmm. my goodness. Yeah. That's a good one. That's the, yeah, that's we all the biggest it. one that we have. <laughs> <laughs> so insomnia is, the, is, is difficulty either getting to sleep or staying asleep. And what's beautiful about both CBD and um, THC is that it can really help with insomnia. So now how can CBD help with insomnia if it doesn't make you high, if it doesn't sedate you? CBD can actually help calm your nervous system through what's called your GABA uh, receptors in your brain. And GABA is a really calming neurotransmitter. It tells your body it's time to power down. It's time to shut off the day um, and, and sort of just basically ground you at the end of the day. A lot of times my patients will reach for a glass of wine or a cocktail because they're so wired, but they're tired at the same time. But alcohol is actually the worst thing that you can do. That's why you get up in the middle of the night. So with CBD, um, you can take it during the day. It helps your body um, self-regulate so that you can go into that sleep state a little more easily. Um, and depending on your formularies, the delivery methods, you can use inhalation, you can use tincture, or you can use sort of a capsule or an edible, um, depending on if you need help falling asleep right away, in which case you'd use an inhal uh, in inhalation method, like a vape pen. Um, or if you need help staying asleep, then you would use a capsule or a tincture so that you're not waking up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I could follow up. Um, what about then uh, dependence for sleep on CBD? Uh, so... And this is um, published by the National Institutes of Drug Abuse. This is a, is a really nice graph that you can look up. Um, CBD is not, there's no dependence on CBD. But if you just look at cannabis, so you're looking at all the cannabinoids, including THC, uh, there's a 9% dependence rate, which is the same as caffeine. So same as your cup of coffee. Right, but, but I'm specifically talking about the dependence for sleep. For sleep. Yes. So, so oh, needing it all the time for sleep, you mean? Yes. Like, oh, so using it regularly. Like, you can't sleep without the CBD? That's a great question. Hypothetically. Yeah, okay, hypothetically. So what's wonderful is because CBD... <laughs> so, 
So what, what's wonderful is because CBD is working on your GABA, your body is self-regulating. Your body is going towards this equilibrium, this homeostasis. So a lot of times my patients will use it for the first three months and then they might use it um, on a Friday or Saturday night if they've been out and their sleep hygiene is not the greatest. So you're not using it all the time. Xanax um, and sleep aids also work on GABA, but it's, it's more of a synthetic way of working on GABA. So it's the same mechanism, but more natural. My question, is, my question is around inflammation. Um, we know that, for example, sugars are super bad for you because it creates like cancers and da 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 da, da. Um, Now, I know that uh, for CBD, it's supposed to reduce inflammation for pain. Does it have the same mechanism of reducing inflammation for all the bad stuff that sugar creates? I will it make you live longer through like lower cancer rates and heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> the magic elixir. So, so when, when I help patients integrate CBD, it's not, that's it. Like you still have to live a healthy lifestyle. So I always talk about an anti-inflammatory diet, cutting out the sugar, you know, really limiting gluten and dairy, um, a more alkaline diet, if you will. Um, of course, exercise is a key. So CBD for, for, for my patients and for myself really just sort of breaks the storm. You know, it's sort of a parting in, in, in the cloudy skies and it allows you to exercise a little bit better. It allows you to sleep better. It, it allows you to become healthier so you can integrate the other things in your life. But is it, for example, as efficient as, say, blueberries, which are also anti-inflammatory from... I, would, I don't know if it's more efficient as, but I think it's, it's, it could be a, a part of your repertoire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, I'm actually curious about the relationship kind of between THC and CBD. Um, we know with the farm bill, the legal limit is 0.3% THC, but um, kind of in a future state perhaps of, you know, total legalization of cannabis. Um, like we see in legal states today, the CBD that's sold, perhaps it's cannabis derived versus hemp derived. It has a much higher percent of THC in it. And um, I've read some things about how that helps activate the benefits of CBD. So I'm wondering, like, are there real health benefits in the future when that's commonly more sold of having a higher percentage of THC in the CBD that we're taking? Mm, that's a good question. Because you had asked about that too, about what it would be great if you can incorporate THC yeah. into your store. Yeah, a little, it's just a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I think for some clients that we have, 0.3 is perfect and that's what they need to go on and then they can actually, it's very functional during the day and then it's not for them to go to sleep. If you're a chronic pain sufferer, you might need a little bit more THC for that and that's just something that we cannot offer at the store. That's why we, you know, we we have Dr. June here for that. Um, but, you know, on the the legal states, it's usually by ratio. It's like, you know, 100 to 1, 20 to 1, 101 or whatever it is. In New York, it's just 0.3. You know, so yes, I, I think that'd be nice for us to one day get to a, a much higher THC level just to help um, with the, the microdosing and, and the daily pains. Um, but I mean, that's something that, like, do, do you think that that is something that people need in their lives more than 0.3? Or is that 0.3 is a good, you know, number for functional you know, adults. Well, again, everyone's individualized, you know, so I, sometimes my elderly patients don't 
can't tolerate anything. Mm -hmm. And they do really well with um, CBD, whether it's derived from hemp or the marijuana plant. Um, sometimes my patients that have extreme pain, my cancer patients, my epilepsy patients, my irritable bowel disease patients need a little bit of THC. And you can sort of activate the CBD with the THC. Um, and there are ways that you could um, you know, create those tinctures on your own. So some of my patients will go to Artemis, buy their CBD tincture, um, and then get a medical card through through myself and then go to the dispensary, um, the designated dispensary in New York and, and purchase THC. So and they're mixing and matching. Do you find that the, the CBD is more effective with a higher level of THC or is it as effective with the current level of THC that we have now? It really depends on the patient. If a patient has a broad spectrum CBD uh, product from the hemp plant, they can get some really good mileage with that. Um, but it depends on their disease and their symptoms. Sometimes it doesn't touch it at all and you really need um, THC and CBD and all the other minor cannabinoids and terpenes in it. Hi, I'm Tivo. Thank you so much for coming and just sharing your story. Um, I think I'm really curious on, um, there's been so much change and so much entrepreneurship that's been within like the cannabis and CBD industry as a whole. Um, what were some of the key challenges that you faced? Maybe question more for Wendy. Yeah. Um, some of the key challenges and how you overcame that when you started your business. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, when we when we got the space, we started building out thinking it was a normal business. And it's, it's a very special business in that sense. Um, but little things were a little harder, like insurance for the building is much higher for a CBD retail space, even though... It's very normal in that sense. Um, security is a little bit more expensive in that sense too. Um, also, I think the biggest hurdle we have right now is that uh, merchant card is just not available to us. So we cannot accept credit card. We want to badly, but we just cannot. We've been going through uh, five different banks, major banks, and also small uh, community banks in legal states as well, and they just wouldn't take us. Mm. So we're waiting for beta testing from another uh, merchant card service provider to hopefully we'll get that. But things like that, we did not anticipate. You know, honestly, we didn't. Um, we have a solve for that now, um, which you see at the store. Um, but uh, just like just a, a little, little things like that that we didn't think about. But overall, though, um, when it comes to just community and client-based, it's been very, very welcomed. Um, we're usually the first stop for people who are very interested in CBD or they heard the buzz about it and they're coming in to ask more questions or the last stop for people who've tried everything uh, traditional medicine that can provide and they haven't found relief. And now they're here for just more, just more education and more learning. Yeah, thank you for the question. Hello, thanks for coming in. I had a question around either the physiological or molecular impact uh, based on the delivery method. Mm -hmm. So if you could talk through briefly, like what should people be using inhalation for tincture, gel cap, whatever it might be, maybe a high level there would be helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's we had a great excellent. episode on that. Yeah, podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Josh and I have a podcast together, um, and we talk a lot about this, and we really love it. Um, I think that's actually one of the the uh, biggest questions that we get at the store too, as well. Um, so we have a little board at the store that will walk you through all of the different delivery methods, but just an, a helicopter overview. Um, usually, delivery methods are divided by the onset time and the duration. So, for example, um, inhalation has one of the fastest onset time, but the shortest duration. Uh, tinctures usually have an onset about 45 minutes or so, 
and the duration is about, about six hours or so. So people will usually like tinctures because they can microdose many times throughout the day if they wish to. And it's much more accurate. You can actually dose at five milligrams, 10 milligrams, 20, whatever you want to because of the dropper. Um, edibles, because it goes through our gut and also our liver before it hits our bloodstream, it takes about an hour and a half to kick in and it'll stay with us for about eight hours or so. So if you want to layer it together, usually people would do an edible and then a pen to help them. The edible will help them stay asleep and the pen will help them put them to sleep, if that's the case. Um, transdermals are patches. There's usually an emulsifier attached to the patch that will stay, that will grab the active ingredient all the way to your blood level. Transdermals the longest because of that. Um, the patch can be worn for 12 hours to 24 hours, but it's microdosing you very slowly throughout the whole process. Yeah, and there's also CBD and beauty products too as well. For Kiehl's, there's no CBD in there. <laughs> but we do have CBD beauty products at, at the store. <laughs> Um, so I'm someone that's lived with chronic pain for probably about six years after a back injury from uh, sport and had surgeries and PT three times a week that I still do. Um, one of my last resorts was to try CBD probably about two months ago um, because my nervous system gets really crazy and can't sleep. I tried tablets or the capsules. Uh, didn't make me feel great, so I just sort of stopped it after taking two or three. You mentioned like going into the store, you're going to microdose is probably a starting point. Like, can you talk me through like knowing those things, how you're going to start someone on a microdose, what the best method to take that would be as well? Sure. So um, when you're taking capsules or edibles, what happens is your liver enzymes um, metabolize the, the cannabis. Um, so it can become really uncomfortable or too strong. So when I have patients starting off for microdosing, I usually recommend either a tincture um, or using the vaporizer. So you're inhaling, or you could use you know topicals as well. Um, with edibles and capsules, it's a little bit harder to microdose because it's um, if you're especially new to, to CBD or cannabis, you might have a different um, expected outcome. Yeah, if. If, for example, if you went to the store, I, my question to you is that what did you feel when you were taking it? How many milligrams were you taking? And what's the carry oil that's in the capsule as well? Maybe if you had a stomach upset, it might be MCT oil that gave you that stomach upset. So it would change to something else. Um, you took three tablets or three capsules, you said? I just took one. Oh, one. Three, tried it three times. Oh, got yeah, it, got so it. So I just took one each time. So it might be the formula. It yeah. might be the actual you know, CBD capsule, the, the name brand you know, that, that is not agreeing with you. And maybe there's other additives to it. A lot of times True. people are um, sensitive to the carrier oil that's in there. Yeah. So have you seen, this is for Dr. June. So for your patients, um, have you seen patients actually stop uh, using THC after, uh, CBD, sorry, after after a while of being on it? And, and have they remained uh, that way, stable, like, Balance? Yes. Again, with CBD, there are no withdrawals. There's no dependence. Um, and even, you know, like I mentioned, the World Health Organization um, did a report on that. So it can be used safely. It can be used situationally. Um, if uh, patients that, like for me, I if I travel, there are certain countries that I just won't take products to. Um, and then I just stop taking it. And then, you know, you'll notice a week or two, you're achier. You know, maybe you'll have more inflammation and I'll have to supplement with other things. But you can definitely stop. Uh, safely with CBD. So when you stop with CBD, doesn't your body just go back to how it was before? No, because you're taking away that inflammation. This is not a Band-Aid, right? You're not just masking the symptoms. You're actually getting to the heart of the problem. So you're really taking away that 
that inflammatory, that chronic inflammatory, that brewing inflammatory response that originally got you in trouble in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And for those that, you know, I, I always get, you know, I, my doctor says there's nothing out there. I want to get educated. Um, there's an educational platform that uh, Joe Dolce, my business partner, and I put together um, for physicians, for pharmacists, for dispensaries. It's called Medical Cannabis Mentor. Um, and you can look that up. And it's well-cited. Um, it's an online um, platform. So your health providers can um, take it you know, at their own time. So that's really a poor excuse when, when I always hear my colleagues say, well, there's just nothing out there. How do I learn about it? There's not enough research. And that's just simply untrue. Hi, uh, thank you for coming. And thank you, Michelle, for organizing. Uh, it's been great. Can you please talk us more about uh, the, the negative side effects of CBD? And a second question is, how do you see the FDA uh, regulating this, this space? Uh, because it seems like a little bit the wild, wild west right now. Uh, how do you see the FDA playing a big role in there? I think it's challenging because this is unprecedented. Here we have this plant-based medicine that um, people have been using for centuries. Uh, so we have the medicine first, and now we're trying to backtrack and, and create it um, sort of a, I just fit it into a pharmaceutical model. Um, so that's the challenge that the FDA has. We're sort of like backpedaling. Um, and in terms of side effects, if you take too much CBD, you can get a stomach upset. You can get nauseous. Your liver enzymes can increase. Um, you can get runny stools. Sometimes patients that take too much CBD will get anxious because it is energizing at larger doses. But again, that's the same thing with um, other um, nutraceutical supplements. Just because it's natural, that doesn't mean um, it's, it's harmless. Again, I mentioned vitamin A or vitamin B with niacin. Um, a lot of doctors will prescribe that uh, for cholesterol. But if you take too much, you'll get dizzy and confused and you can get nerve damage. If you take too much iron supplements, you, it increases your, your risk of cancer and heart disease. So, um, so it's important to talk to your healthcare provider, take small doses and really um, keep track of how it's making you feel with your symptoms. A quick follow-up. So, so the negative side effects are always with high doses. No? There are no side effects with microdosing. There are less side effects, less adverse effects with microdosing. Um, I can't make a blanket statement and say there are no side effects because everyone's different. Some, some of my patients get funny on Tylenol, you know, or magnesium, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but if you take smaller doses, um, there's less side effects. There's a really great article in Forbes um, recently, and it talked about a, a study that, a preclinical study, so they did it on rats about CBD, you know, killing these rats and, and, and shooting up liver enzymes. Well, these rats were given three to 10 times the recommended dose of CBD. So of course, if you're, if you're over consuming, you know, you're gonna get these side effects. Um, so the, the key is, you know, less is more. Start slow, start low. They tested on five rats. One made it, um, but the the yeah. The, sorry, <laughs> my rocks cat talking. Um, but the four they gave um, um, yeah they gave up uh, twenty five hundred milligrams. Yeah, ten times the dose. Yeah, and it's like you you, you know humans really don't take that much. You know. Yes, and the rats that were given the low to moderate dose did fine. Oh yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback about this or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit g.co slash talks at Google slash podcast feedback to leave your comments. 
To discover more awesome content, you can always find us online at youtube.com slash talks at Google, on our website, google.com slash talks, or via our Twitter handle at Google Talks. Talk soon.